out of here! Oh, oh! I'm sorry. I've ignored you. You did come for the Black Cauldron, didn't you? Hello everyone and welcome back to Disney Rewind, the show where we watch movies and quickly get off track in our discussions. Today we will be discussing the 1985 film The Black Cauldron. This is the film that almost sunk Disney entirely, so reviewing this film is very exciting. This is also the end of Season 1 of Disney Rewind. Season 2 will be starting in the next episode, which I think we're actually recording tonight. Very exciting. And the season is entitled A Thrust into the Future While Looking into the Past. So send us what you think the next five episodes might be. So pause right now and send an email to therodsquad22 at gmail.com. That email again is therodsquad22 at gmail.com. And tell us what the next five episodes might be with that theme. If you get any of them right, I will give you a shout out and we will reveal the next season lineup at the end of the show. So if you want to do that, pause right now, send the email, reward yourself. Or I guess... Listen to the end, then send us the email, and cheat. That's fine. Whatever. Black Cauldron was released on July 26th, 1985 to pretty mixed reviews. Despite the critical reviews remaining somewhat positive, somewhat negative, attendance to the film was horrible, and the film was a box office bomb. This was particularly hard on Disney, who really needed a success and was looking at the brick wall of bankruptcy. We do have source material for this story, which I will be talking about a little bit. So before we go into the history of the film, let's take a detour and talk about the plot. Spoiler warning, I will be detailing the plot of the film only, not the five novels. But if you haven't watched the movie yet or haven't read the books and really wanted to, now is your time to pause or at least skip ahead. So Black Cauldron derives its plot from a series of novels called The Chronicles of Pyridane by Lloyd Alexander. The first of these novels was published in 1964, and the last one came out just four years later. I'm not going to discuss the plot of these uh, novels because the movie draws from a little bit from all of them, and five books are just not worth kind of going into detail about. They're high fantasy, they're based on Welsh mythology, it's a hard word to say, and, you know, go out and read it. Support it. I'm sure it's a good book. Um, I'm probably going to read the first one. So, check it out. So, what happens in the film? The film opens with Taryn, an assistant pig keeper in the land of Pyridane. He lives on a small farm with Daliban the Enchanter. Like most children, uh, Taryn has the dream of becoming a hero. Well, lucky for him, the Horn King has reared his ugly head once again and is looking for the mythical Black Cauldron. The Black Cauldron, when used, can raise armies of the dead who will take over and rule the world. They're unbeatable. Daliban fears that the Horn King will steal his prized pig, Hegwin, who also serves as an oracle. Daliban sends Tarin to take Hegwin to safety, but his daydreaming leads to the pig being captured. Tarin follows the captors back to the castle. Along the way, he meets Gurgi, a man-beast creature who is just a total pain in the butt. Tarn deals with him as long as he can before he gives him the hee-ho and makes it to the castle. Once he arrives, he sneaks inside and manages to free Hegwin, but is captured in the process. He meets another captor, Princess Elowen. They attempt to escape and find the king's sword in the catacombs of the castle. This sword has the power to battle the magic of the Horn King. They meet a third prisoner, a bard, who accompanies them and actually manages to escape, so that all three are out. 
The Horn King is not thrilled by this and sends his lackeys after our band of heroes. Following Hegwin's trail, they discover a group called the Fair Folk, who are essentially fairies in this universe. The King of the Fair Folk tells Terran where the cauldron is, and Terran vows to destroy it. Terran also learns that the Fair Folk have escorted Hegwin back to the farm. Gurgi also shows back up and is still very annoying. The heroes travel to the mines of Moria, <laughs> sorry, the marshes of Morva, where they learn the cauldron is being held by three witches. Once they arrive at the residence of the witches, Tauron will trade the black cauldron for his king's sword. He also learns that the cauldron is indestructible unless someone sacrifices their life in an act of free will, so no forced suicide. Before anyone can do this, the Horned King converges upon them and captures them all. He begins to summon his army of the dead. Gurgi finally redeems himself and rescues his friends and decides that he will jump into the cauldron to rid the earth of its evil. As he does, the undead army collapses and the Horned King is torn apart by the magic. Tarin, realizing Gurgi's ultimate sacrifice, begs the witches to revive him. Tarin will forfeit the sword if this request is met. Instead, they do it for free, and everyone lives happily ever after. Back to Disney. Walt Disney temporarily purchased the rights to the five book series in 1971, and pre-production started two years later. Uh, and in an interview with Ollie Johnson, he claims that he and Frank Thomas managed to convince Disney to do the film because they claimed it might be as good as Snow White. I didn't find any other sources to back this up, so take it with a heavy grain of salt. So originally starting production in the 70s, it actually took the project a whole decade just to kind of get off the ground. The source material was so dense that creating a story took years. It was originally slated for 1980, but obviously did not happen. Another reason the film didn't come out any sooner is because the Disney CEO in 1980, Ron Miller, saw the preliminary sketches and felt that the film was going to be far too complex for their animators. Instead of canceling the thing, he still felt confidence and just pushed it back another set of years. For those who love how characters transform over time, the early draft saw the Horned King as a huge Viking with a red beard and a steel helmet. This did not stick, but would have been a very cool design. I call, I kind of saw him as uh, Asterix from that that game series. Obviously bigger, though. Asterix is quite small. Rosemary Ann Sisson was brought on to write the screenplay so that the film could have an authentic English feel. They really wanted it to feel Middle Ages-esque and very bathed in King Arthur lore and other lore from around that time. John Musker was the first choice to be the director, but was deemed to be far too comedic. Um, don't feel too bad about him. We're going to be talking a lot about him with his films he would make in the 1990s. The next directors chosen were Richard Rich and Ted Berman, who would stick around for the rest of the project. The next and final directors were Richard Rich and Ted Berman. These two had just finished working on The Fox and the Hound, which was a commercial success, and Joe Hale was brought on as the producer, thus finalizing the team. The three then got to working on the story and undertook the difficulty of synthesizing five novels into one film. It was not easy as many creative differences plagued the team. Hale notably turned the Horn King into something that resembled a creature than a man. That's what we see in the final draft of the film. Character design was largely based off Sleeping Beauty, a style that the directors want, wanted to use from the get-go. Shortly before the film came out, it was shown to a test audience. Uh, children attending the screening found many of the scenes to be far too scary, causing them to flee in terror from the theater before the film was even over. 
Newly appointed Disney chairman Jeffrey Katzenberg did not love this and ordered the film to be edited down further. This caused even more contention because Joe Hale rallied against this. So in an act of desperation, Katzenberg brought the film to his office and began to edit it himself. CEO Michael Snyder, someone who we will discuss in depth in the future, would then step in and go directly against Katzenberg. Snyder talked him down to simple edits and the two came to an agreement. Because of this, the film was delayed an additional six months. How much got cut out? 12 minutes of footage was cut from the film and some scenes had to be totally rewritten to fill plot holes. While many of these edits are seamless, the Cauldron Undead birth scene was cut poorly, causing some lapse in audio and awkward scene transitions you can still see in the final product. This film is notable for being the first film to use the animation photo transfer process. I would Google this if you're interested, but essentially it eliminated the need to hand ink scenes. The method would go on to win a technical award, but would quickly become obsolete due to difficulties in longevity and the rise of computers. The film was also the first Disney film to use computer-generated imagery. These included the bubbles in the film, a boat, any of the floating orbs of light, and the cauldron itself. For the fog coming out of the cauldron, animators used dry ice mist. The score of this film got some love, and was unique in that it did not have a single song like many other Disney films that had come out before it. It utilizes an ondes martinote to accomplish the moody dark sounds of the film. I know I didn't pronounce that right. I'm sorry. Before we get into the release, what was America like in 1985? Ronald Reagan had just begun his second term in the White House. In the Super Bowl, the 49ers had just defeated the Miami Dolphins. In January, We Are the World is recorded. Everyone and their mother was involved with that song. It's very surreal to listen to. WrestleMania 1 is going to occur this year, and it will see Hulk Hogan team up with Mr. T to face off with the team of Paul Orndorff and Roddy Piper. Coca-Cola had just tried to sell New Coke, which was a colossal failure, despite the recipe change not being that severe. Just a few weeks earlier was Live Aid, a teleconcert raising money for charity. So, all in all, pretty cool year up to this point. Well, okay. I'm not talking about the politics, I'm talking about the events. I'm gonna leave it at that. Back to the show. This film was the first Disney film to be rated PG, breaking the old, <laughs> the age-old Disney tradition of not needing parents for the guiding. Sorry, but that's such a bad joke. <laughs> but seriously, what, is, what does the G stand for? The film was notably screened at Radio City Music Hall in New York as come, kind of a publicity stunt. I couldn't find any information on whether it was a success. Initially, the film was supposed to be made for $25 million, but the budget quickly flew up to $44 million making it the most expensive animated film produced at the time. The film only made $21.3 million in the States, almost killing the Disney Animation Studio. It was so poorly received, it didn't get a home release until 1998. And it didn't get its DVD release until two years later, in 2000, with an added Donald Duck short and an interactive game. The movie did so poorly, Care Bears did better than that. Care Bears which was a huge blow to Disney as it was made by a rival studio. However, all this being said, huge success in France, one of the highest grossing films of the year in that country. I can't tell you why. After the film came out, morale at the studio was not high. Not only were their jobs in danger, but Katzenberg felt as if they had squandered away a once-in-a-lifetime film. Uh, despite this, the author of the novel felt kind of in the middle he enjoyed the film but he publicly stated that he did not feel that they got a real sense of his novels the film has seen some decent staying power in pop culture being highly regarded as a cult classic 
From 1986 to 1993, the eatery Lancers Inn at Walt Disney Resort was known as Gurgies, Munchies, and Crunchies. Currently today, when you visit, it's the Friar's Nook. The Horned King made an appearance at the very, very, very scary Cinderella's Castle Mystery Tour attraction as a villain. Defunct Land had a great episode, which I provided in the link below. You should check it out. The ride has since closed, so you can't go on it today, but is highly regarded as one of the scariest attractions Disney has ever produced. A video game was produced by Sierra Online in 1986. It plays a lot like King's Quest. Um, in the description, I have linked to a long play on YouTube where you can watch a full gameplay, start to finish, if you're interested. Let's finish by talking about talent. Uh, Grand Bardsley played Terran, and other than that, he's been pretty radio quiet. Susan Sheridan, who I thought was Susan Sarandon, played Princess Elowen, um, who and she did not also do anything notable after the film was released. John Biner played Gurgi and has had a pretty prominent voice acting uh, voice acting career for the majority of his professional life. He got his start playing the ant in an, and the aardvark in a collections of shorts I've never heard of. Oh, and somehow they got John Hurt to play the Horned King. Really famous actor, worth checking out his filmography. I can't really go into it now. But what did we think? And we're back. This is weird. Usually I record my historical stuff first, but I haven't done that yet, so it's, it's kind of weird introducing to the second part of the episode. But we're back. We're outside, too. Yeah. This is, uh, yeah, it's such a beautiful day out today. Yeah, you we might decided, hear the bunnies. Yeah, we got birds, we got bunnies. We're, we're digging the outside. It's fox season. We have spotted lanternflies. We got toads. That's true. We got... We have toads. A little bit of everything. It is fox yes. season, though. I heard them mating last night. Yeah, yeah that's scary. been like a... That's a gross noise. It's awful, right? It sounds like someone dying. Yeah, yeah it does. <laughs> I heard it, and I was like, oh, For it's For years, I thought it was rabbits <laughs> getting eaten, and I did Remember not know. one time Ben and I freaked out, because we heard it, and mm. we got closer and closer to my room, and I didn't say anything, I ran to his room, and he thought I was a murderer. All right, so here's oh, the... And yeah. screamed. And then I started screaming. And he screamed, and then you screamed, <laughs> and then I came up, and I was livid. I'm like, what is going on? Yeah, so for the full story, <laughs> I think, like... No, they were... I was in the room that's now yours, and you were in the room that was now mine. Yeah, and all I heard um, was this horrible scream. And so it I was, <laughs> from my perspective, foxes apparently, like, moving while they're mating, and it kept getting closer and closer <laughs> to my window. I just heard it coming closer and closer towards me, and I was like, there's a murderer out there, I'm going to die, I need to get Ben, because I'm safe in his yeah, room. Yeah, and then I hear, I hear someone, like, I hear some thuds at the end of the hallway, so I'm like, alright, this is not normal. <laughs> So I go to pick up, like, I don't know what it was. Your computer. It was, it was my computer, yeah. I picked up my laptop radio. was going to hit someone in the yeah. car. He and I went, hit me. I went very loudly and clearly, Max, is that you? And I, nothing. I, I was and I in just, panic. I just see you, and I just go, ah! And then Max goes, ah! And then Mom wakes up and goes, Steve, I think the kids are getting murdered. Yeah. No, I think I, I, think I was I just like, what is going on? Dad rolled over. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It was a... <laughs> Every time I hear foxes now, I think of that day, and I'm like, oh. That was funny. Anyway, we're talking about the <laughs> 1985 film, Black Cauldron, the one that I just ran the his through the history of, and as always, we like starting out with some questions. So Ashley and I have come up with some thinking questions. Okay. okay. 
So the goal of Taran, Taran, was uh, to become a hero. Did he do that, or did his party carry him to success? In your own thoughts, what makes a hero a hero? Avoiding being in this film. <laughs> apparently, uh, yes. most major actors were heroes, because looking at the actual voice cast... Yeah, no one came back. Wow. No, um, who knows? There's that with Joseph Campbell thing with that whole yeah, yeah. Let's, uh, let me run. pull that up no you have to get the quest reject the quest have some help I think conquer everybody and have an epilogue where you're miserable for the rest of your life I think also there's different definitions of heroes I know we're talking about the hero's journey or something right now but yep. um, I think at the end he proved himself to be a hero throughout the whole movie maybe not but the end where he decides to give up his sword which labels him as a warrior to save I, that annoying little goblin creature. I do not think he is a hero by the, the standards. No, he's not a hero by the standards. I'm saying just giving up something that would prove your title to save someone seems pretty heroic to me. Here's why. Call to adventure? Yes. Meeting a mentor? Sort of. He, he already yeah. knows him. He crosses a threshold. Yeah. There are trials and failures with a helper. Mm-hmm. He grows new skills, but he does not die. And part of the hero's journey is death and rebirth. Well, it do- he doesn't literally die. He turns into someone different. He does that when he realizes you're actually my friend. I think I'm a purist. And his friend Gurgi dies and is resurrected. Does Gurgi have Gurgi those the hero? Yeah. No, but he's like a sidekick. No, but that's what I'm talking about. Like he, he can have a sidekick take that. At part. the end of the movie, he's not worried about having the sword and being known as a hero with a weapon and he resurrects Gurgi to prove yeah, that I guess he, he does is. return changed yeah I feel like he doesn't change his attitude though like I feel like for most of the the movie he's just like ah I'm gonna be a warrior ah I'm gonna be a warrior and there's no like growth yeah I feel like he doesn't grow as much and he kind of treats a lot of the characters the same throughout and he like his opinion on Gurgi doesn't change until, like, the very end. Yeah, I was about to say, he only likes Gurgi because Gurgi tries to kill himself so they get out of the, the pickle they're in. Wow. Or he does. Gurgi successfully kills himself to get out of the pickle they're in. Mm-hmm. It's just not It's not very mature of Terran to do that. It's not very heroic of him. I don't know, shouldn't you sacrifice yourself? I mean, I know he's, he, he's going well, to. Well, he was but, going to, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I just think, uh, I don't think he really grew up. I don't think he really grew up over the course of the movie. Well, he does right. get the girl at the end. That is true. Mm-hmm. They always get the girl Yeah, the they always get the girl at the end. I was wrong, by the way. That is not Susan Sarandon. That is Susan Sheridan. Ah. I thought it was Susan Sarandon. No. Mm. They have it's, very uh, similar last names. Susan Sharandon, who went on to do nothing. <laughs> she, Sheridan. She, Sheridan, yeah. What? Is she related to Nicholas Sheridan? No. Oh. No. Black Cauldron was dark from the subject matter all the way to the actual art design and shots. When does darkness work in children's films and when is it too far? Depends how old the children, the audience is for children. Scare them. Hmm. Boy, that's a tough question. Wait, what's the question? Sorry. When is it too far, like the fear factor? When is, when is a movie too dark for kids? I wanted to highlight Wally in this discussion. It's the Robin. Yeah. Oh my god, it, it sees you. It's 
It was just right here. We have a robin that <laughs> follows yeah, our mother around. It totally followed me. I felt the exorcist with two dark to kids. Yeah, that's the line. Yeah, everything before it Talking about kids' movies, though, Chicken Run was too scary for me. Oh, I goofed up with that. That was not that sorry. It was really scary. It also helps that. I don't like claymation too. I feel like we should watch it again. No, for no, 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 I feel no, like no, no, you no. guys should introduce yourselves because I forgot to do that. As <laughs> always, <laughs> I am your host. But this ben. is like the third. You always. Everyone knows yourself. who we are now. You yeah, but yourself. you always introduce. You don't yourself. have to. I'm Ben. You could do it a little different. <laughs> I'm, I'm Maxwell. I'm Rebecca. See there. See we did it. You know. Sometimes my guests like to play tricks on me and switch their names around. No. Oh. Gonna talk He's dark. talking you about me. Back to kids I've stories. changed it five yeah, that's times true. in very my whole first life. podcast we did with this was Snow White, right? Yeah. Dark from beginning to end. Yep. On, yeah. le- on multiple levels. Because you know she wasn't going to have a liberated uh, life with the prince. No. Yeah, but... She was going to be... Uh, yeah, but who cares? She would have had a nice life with the prince. She would have had a... Schmeberated. But any kind of Grimm's fairy stories... That's kids. true, yeah. Well, kids' yeah. stories originated as cautionary tales. Yeah, it was a warning. Like, yeah. be nice to your parents or else you'll die. <laughs> I'm thinking of Pinocchio. Yeah, Pinocchio. That was literally I mean, the moral of Pinocchio. He died. Little Red Riding Hood is, of course... Uh, don't talk to strangers. Don't talk to strangers. Don't, don't pet Don't go off the path. See, Hansel and Gretel is don't pig out. Don't pig <laughs> Well, don't break and enter is also Hansel and Gretel, because... Break and enter, you may wind right. up with a murder. Same with Goldilocks. Yeah. They may be bears. No, so. do, do these stories come from like biblical stories? Because a lot of biblical no. stories are also very not like well, intensely derived, uh. but like the same gist. Well, stories are gonna you're gonna find that everywhere. Like uh, the telling of stories is something that is very universal culturally speaking. So yes, you're gonna find stories that Christianity has affected, like. Beowulf and stuff like that, but you're gonna find stuff that's also Christianity is not affected. I wanted to highlight Wally. I thought that was pretty dark and it worked, you know? Yeah, humanity like, is gone. The, what, the first hour of the movie is completely silent and it's just him alone on this <coughs> barren a rock. Oh, he's a cockroach. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but he's all the horrors already happened, so. But right. I think, like, there's always going to be some part that is the even in Chicken Run there was the redem- not redemption like the light at the end of the tunnel there's something right. to look forward to and to keep moving forward throughout the darkest of times yeah let's yeah. see and that's also in Black Cauldron where I, did, I actually don't know I well they moved through some pretty dark times he was they, captured they did and then mm. he I mean he didn't keep his hero status but he did win the girl which I, sh- I hate that phrase but that's and then yeah. he also was back with his mentor and he still had the pig yep. mm-hmm. first bag the babe no <laughs> yeah. it just gets old <coughs> well women think... needing to be rescued oh well actually in this movie she there's the whole thing where she goes I'm gonna rescue myself you can come along it, it did not feel it like It didn't much of a feel like that. Film. It was not. I just like that well, line. And we didn't talk about that when we hit up Hercules. Now that's a feminist film. Ooh, UK. Yes. <laughs> Are you right? Yeah. Downside of recording yeah. outside. Voracious Well, Disney's got a history of dark children's films. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In fact, find one that isn't dark. 
Yep, that's maybe true. Trap. Maybe Robin Hood. Parent Trap. I don't know. Robin Hood's kind of dark. The implied uh, poverty of a nation. No, probably not very, uh, yeah, very dark. Such a cute fox. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Look, they think they're people. <laughs> That's like the capital. They think they're people. Movie. Was Maid Marian a fox too? I think yeah. so. Yeah, she was. Extremely fortunate for Robin. Yeah, it was very lucky for him, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, all the merry men. Are you fox? Out. I could meet other foxes in this group. One fox is enough for the merry men. Another movie, another band of traveling side characters. How do we stack up this party to the ones we've discussed in the previous films we've watched? Uh, which, I guess, every single movie, right? From this first season, Robin Hood. Or not Except Robin Hood, sorry. Slash well, no. Rabbits. All the seven dwarves. Snow White yeah. had the seven dwarves and the animals. Um, up, there was definitely one. There were so many. Yeah. Kevin and Kevin. Kevin. So, yeah. Oh, sorry, hiccups. You know, these sidekicks were horrifyingly bad. Yeah, There's not much in this movie that was any good. Look, I, I get the need for comic relief, which was Gurgi and the other dude who is the bard. Yeah. But they weren't helpful. Like, they were helpful in one moment or another because they had to have something, but at the same time, it it feels better when you have a character who's helpful the whole way through. Yeah, I didn't... um. I didn't really like Gurgi at all. I didn't really like Gurgi. I didn't mind the bard, though. I gotta say, yeah, Princess like Elioway, or however you pronounce her name, Elowin. and Elioway, and the bard were pretty dope. Or Elowin, right? Yeah. It's Princess Elowin. I don't know who the heck the fairies were, but I don't yeah. know their purpose. They didn't, they didn't stick around. It was weird. It felt... They kept... Actually, you know what? They had a really good side character. It was the pig. Yeah, the pig was great. Pig was the great. Pig. This movie was a catastrophic failure when it came to money. It, it was nicknamed the movie that almost bankrupt Disney. Um, it really actually killed the animation department until Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Was it justified, or were people not yet ready to appreciate The Black Cauldron? I don't think they'll ever be ready to appreciate The <laughs> Most of the children that saw the original screening fled the theater in terror. Yes, I did mention that in my previous... Sorry. Uh, no, no, that's totally fine. That is a funny note. Um, yes, they fled screaming in terror yes. for the test screening. Yep, and then Jeffrey Katzenberg ordered s- certain scenes cut. What it's was very cut out of it. I need to know how dark this got. It was the scene where the undead come to life was apparently terrifying. I want to see that. Um, but well, this is an award-winning well, book. Well, Ash, can we, I don't I don't want to single you out here. Yes. Why did you like this movie growing up? Um, well, growing up, uh I had it on VHS and I was really really little when I watched this. <laughs> um, I remember really really liking the pig. Uh, I remember thinking the princess was cute, you know, like, again, like, very, very childish thoughts, because, again, I was a child. Um, there are definitely parts that I didn't remember, like, I don't, I didn't remember the bard until we saw him. Yeah. I completely forgot about that character, and I thought certain scenes connected, uh, where they didn't, so there's definitely, uh, kind of gaps in that, for sure. There's also, like, a huge collection of people who, like, would die by this movie at this point. Yeah, this like, movie does have a pretty big cult following. Um, a lot really? of A mm-hmm. lot of people know Thomas Sanders, and I really like his stuff, and one of his videos, he mentions that this is one of his favorite Disney movies. Um, 
and I was super excited. But there's there was a time in between now and when it was released where people were ready for it. Yeah, I mean, there is a cult following, so people do enjoy this. I just think there are just so many movies that, like, bomb initially that do much better later on. Like, even in Disney, like, The Fox and the Hound was pretty critically um, disapproved of at the start, but it has since then had seen critical success. I'm just, I'm just, yeah, I'd like to look at this again through a, because in terms of filmmaking, this movie was very good. Like, a lot of time went into the art, a lot of time Mm -hmm. went into how beautiful it was, the sound design was very, very good. Technically, this movie is stunning. I think it falls apart in its plot. I think the the issue is that the movie tried to cram a whole series worth of stuff, and it just failed at doing that. Like, there's just too much... Source material? Yeah. If it was a TV show, I'm sure they could have pulled it off. Because you see plenty of dark kids' TV shows nowadays. Gravity Falls over the garden wall. Those are pretty dark, but... They could have pulled it off as a TV show and keep more of the source material. It just needed time to breathe. This would have been excellent as a TV show. I think I agree with that. Or even a series, too. I think if they had, like, four movies, they could easily have done the whole thing. Was it a video game, too? Yes. What? Yeah, there's a video game as well. Nice. I, uh... Oh, I was gonna say, they didn't even... The Horned King was not even a part of... Was not even a part of, I think, the book series. Um, It was just a... Uh, composition of all the existing villains. Like, this was five books they tried to cram into one film. Right. It It's... And it took over ten years to get the script. Right. It with didn't... multiple writers, so that's always a disaster when that happen. Also, I love the pig, but I did not love the eyelashes on the pig. Oh, I thought that was cute. No, it was, it was cute. It's just something about old animal animation with the human eyelashes and faces sometimes gets to me where I'm like, ooh. <laughs> oh no. I just think this film had such promise that it 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 failed to it failed to grasp. Well, so you think there'll be a remake someday? There already is one in production actually. Then there you there go. go. Uh, they may do it. A better job. Disney has bought the rights to the series and are planning a film based off the first novel, I think. So they are going to try and make this again, not a remake, not a sequel, but a more truthful, truthful kind of grasp, or a, a truthful kind of following of the series. Yeah, it's more financially better for them, too, because then they can produce however many books there are, there are that many movies. Right, because Disney was relying on this to be a big deal. This was their yeah. biggest investment to that point. Ironically, that would be overshadowed by Roger Roger Rabbit um, a few a few years later. But this was like this needed to be a huge success, and it just flopped, it flopped really really hard. And that's a shame. That's a shame because it honestly, uh, I don't know. The '80s were weird. It started off pretty well, I think. I guess because Lady in the or uh, you mean for movies. No, I mean for Disney, because like Fox and the Hound was a good movie. You know, Fox yeah. and the Hound was a financial success. It wasn't a critical success at the time, but like they really just hit a tailspin. About the great, great mouse detective. I love yeah, that movie. That movie's <laughs> fantastic. We were yeah. talking about I think it. I earlier. ever watched that. I watched it. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen it. Junior either. year of we high school. We watched it all the time. We had it. 
We did? I think it was the same yeah, technical I thought I saw it the first time in junior year. That. We had it. What? Yeah, this movie is actually the first to use uh, computer animation for Disney. Wow. Hmm. Yep. The guy won a technical academy award for it for the, whatever the process was, but then it got swamped because computer animation got easier with other processes. Yep, and I mean, it's so close to the 90s, because late 90s, early 2000s was just when people were starting to use computer animation to produce film readily, so... It was, uh, it was the end of hand-drawn animation, something that I am very upset over. I miss well, it a lot. But you look at animation now, and they're drawing. It's just on an electronical pad. It just, uh, I it's think, very much the same process. I think something about Frozen loses the magic because it's in 3D. I think 2D films have well, I don't know, for animation. Tangled was pretty good. It's just I don't know. But I'm also I'm looking through this from very nostalgic eyes because I watched all my Disney movies on VHSs, you know. Yeah, that's right. And um, they were all 2D. Yes. But as they were coming out, they were 3D, and I didn't really go to... I think I was more of a Pixar kid than a Disney kid growing up. I have no idea what I was. Would you Would you guys... I mean, I watch Disney Channel all the time, but I mean, when we went to go see kids' movies, yeah, it was more Pixar than Disney. Yeah, be, mostly because by the time you were old enough to see movies, it wasn't Disney, it was Pixar. Yeah. And also, because I would send your dad to the Disney movies. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, would he go to the Disney movies with me? Uh-huh. Wow. Yes, I've been to quite a few... Uh, and what, I would take Ben to the other movies. ones or something? No, I, I don't remember that. I don't remember I don't anything. think we really split up when you guys were little. No. no. Uh, but it was mostly Pixar movies. Right. Yeah, I, like, I remember, I remember seeing... Incredibles the first time. Up in theaters. Yeah, mm-hmm. Up in I theaters I remember seeing... Toy Story was your first movie. I don't remember what seeing was my first right. movie. Yeah, I know you don't remember because you had to get out of the theater about... 40 minutes into it and I was like oh. did you like the first 40 minutes yes what was my first movie? and I was like I'll go mm. and Steve was like okay what was your first movie well it was a pop oh I don't remember oh. what was Max's first movie yeah, Finding I... Nemo right no no that one that one I waited till I was at home I think was it The Incredibles I we, don't think we so. definitely went to go see The Incredibles I remember going to the theater somebody from that. Shrek Oh, wait, no, it's Max's. No, wait, what time, what year did Shrek come out? I don't know. I don't know, but I remember um, taking you guys really? to see March of the Penguins, too. Oh, I do remember, remember that, Surf's but... Up. I was in the summer, and it was during the day. Surf's Up. And Happy yeah. Feet. <clears throat> oh, my God, Scott, oh, you're totally going to give, like, you you're going to give listeners ideas to Shrek recommend Shrek is 2001. 2001, I would only be one year old. I would no, have taken no, it. No, wow. Who's it? Is someone in the bath? Someone just flew down. No, I don't see. What about you, Ash? What was the first movie you got to? I actually to? just texted my dad yeah. to ask him. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Disney movies were dogs when you guys were kids. Disney. I mean, the lineup around then: Atlantis, Lilo and Stitch. We liked it. Oh, Lilo and Stitch, but we bought that. Yeah, Treasure Planet, Brother no, Bear, like Home in the Planet. Range. Uh-huh. No, we Widow. saw Atlantis. Oh, Atlantis was great. Meet the Robinsons. Bolt. Wait, I'm looking. I like Bolt. Bolt was great. Bolt is a good oh, movie. I hated Bolt. Oh, Bolt is a good movie. Bolt was I never movie. liked Bolt either. Okay, we're getting off topic. Um, we're getting off topic. Let's right, rein right, it right. in. Let's rein it in. Well, there's a reason we're getting off topic. 
Right, so let's Can we maybe, move to our next movie? Let, yeah, let's move on to ratings now. What How about the video game? Movie? Have you guys ever played the video game, no, Black I, Cauldron? No, no, that came out for the... That was... You want to know how old that oh, is? That was developed by yeah. Sierra Online. Yeah. That's how old that game is. Sierra yeah, Online Sierra. developed it. Wow. Yep, for the for the Amiga Apple II. Yeah, I didn't play a whole lot of that. Atari ST. I think Incredibles was my first Disney movie. That came out in 2004. Yep. Yeah. That had to be my first Disney yeah, movie, so. which is why I have such good memories. Let's move on to ratings. Okay. I will go first. Ashley, no, Ashley goes first. Because this is her movie oh. and her nostalgia. Oh. Ashley, I it's promise. okay, Ash. Whatever number you pick, rating, we love you anyway. My rating is not as bad as Roger Rabbit for this. Wow. What was your rating for Roger Rabbit? Two. Okay. All right, Ash. I, I just wrote Ashley goes first. <laughs> Whoops, maybe one too many beers. It's out of ten, right? Yep, out of ten. <gasps> Sorry, do you want it to be out of fifty? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just so used to with our TNA pay per Yeah, we're, we we're, we're like five. ranking the TNA okay, pay per well, views. So let me far. ask it in a different way. Rate it. Rate it in two ways. One is for just memories and nostalgia. Yeah, right. and it is one child, is actually. for movie only movie with no nostalgia. Okay, so with nostalgia, which is not going to count as my rating, so like if this is child Ashley mm-hmm. watching yeah. it, mm-hmm. she would probably give it like an eight or a nine because okay. she really enjoyed. I just remember because watching child it. Child Ashley is yeah. adorable. Um, today Ashley is going to give it a three out of ten. Wow. <laughs> um, it was really really hard to watch. Like it was just there was a lot of scenes that were really boring. Um, some of the jokes didn't really age well, and they made me kind of uncomfortable. Um, and I just, I don't know, I wish it was a little bit better. But there were some things, like the aesthetic was nice, some characters were interesting, and some scenes were nice. Okay. I'm going to give it a 4 out of 10. I rate high, so I rate high on everything. But, um, wasn't great. Wasn't great, but I could sit through it. I wouldn't do it again. <laughs> I wouldn't do it again. It wasn't laughably bad. So movies that make me, like, scoob. Movies that are laughably atrocious are like ones and zeros. You kept leaving the room for that, so. <laughs> I was doing the dishes. Uh huh. <laughs> um, two and threes are like, I won't ever watch this again, but like, give me 10 years, give me 20 years, I could, you could say, let's watch The Black Cauldron, and I would say, sure. So I'm giving it a four. Steve? I'm giving it a one. It's lucky to get that. Yeah. I'd rather watch Scoob. <laughs> no, take it <laughs> You are an animal. As part of this rating, how much money would it take for you to watch this again? I would need thirty dollars to sit there together. Thirty? That's thirty dollars for about ninety minutes of my time. That's not bad. But yeah, I, I was expecting you to go over a thousand. No, I, I'm talking realistically. I Somebody would need one hundred fifty dollars. So you wouldn't do it for a hundred? No, no, I wouldn't. Okay, that'd be a trip to the secret garden. I can go anyway. (laughs) 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 All right, I would do it for a hundred. All right, all right. So I give this movie um, for nostalgic Ashley. I give this movie a nine because it's important to her childhood, and I think that that's always important (laughs) for um, not nostalgic Ashley. And just I give it like a point five. <laughs> I'm rounding you up to a one. Oh, I put it as a point five for the average. Is that okay? Yeah, you can. We'll rounding do point five. A no, no, no. Percent increase. All right, rounding a point five. That is the lowest score We've ever seen. on a tiny dot show. Sorry, you guys. We hadn't had no zeros yet. No zeros. Oh, I didn't know that was an well, option. We still have yeah. So. Oh, I'm giving. Yeah. Did you forget about me? <laughs> no, I didn't. Would you no. like to go back to a zero? No, no, no. I'm going to keep my score. Go ahead, Maxie. I am going to give it a 
can I do 3.5? Because I'm in mm-hmm. between 4 and Sure, three. that's totally um, fine. And my reasoning is because this seems like a sort of movie that I could... I, I don't know, it seems like something I could watch while... I don't know, maybe when I'm 21 if I'm drunk or something. <laughs> and just be like, oh man, this movie's so weird, dude. <laughs> Valid. Like, something like that. It seems like a good movie to do that, too. 2.4 is our oh, average. Right. Lowest average so far. Whoa. What's All the right. next movie? So, I want to... We are going to unveil everyone's pick for Cycle okay, 2 right now. let's do it. So, Yay. viewers, uh, last chance to email me your predictions. If you email me correct predictions at therodsquad22 at gmail.com. That email, once again, therodsquad22 at gmail.com. You'll get a shout-out on the next show. So, season or cycle two, whatever, is called A Thrust into the Future While Looking at the Past. All right. Oh, wow. My see picture, my movie in there. My picture, or my picture, my episode choice is going to be the newest uh, Pixar release, Onward. Um, All right. Then we have Max's. Do you remember what yours is? Or Mine you... is going to be The Sword and the Stone, which I assume will be like Black Cauldron, where I remember it mostly due to nostalgia. Do you remember what yours is, Mom, or do you need me to... I think it was Nemo. Yes! So Steve's episode is going to be our bonus episode once again. He has chosen the sci-fi movie from, I think, the 70s, Black Hole. What? It's a live-action Disney movie yeah. called Black Hole, this a sci-fi, sci-fi movie. Um, How deep did he have to go to find that? No, he he said this without going deep. He remembered this movie. Get out. No, Dad is a nerd. No, I think Dad's Dad's a nerd. I married him because he's a great guitar player. I didn't (laughs) know about this nerd side, and I want my money back. And finally, Ashley, what movie did you select for our second season? And I selected Coco. Coco. Oh, I can't wait to see that again. So we have some great films coming up. What did you select then? Uh, onward, onward, the new one with Chris. Oh Pratt. yeah, yeah, yeah. The one where really... the whole time you were going, "Oh, this so is that's so the sad." One this is next, so right? sad. I know. Yep. So episode six, onward. Episode seven, Sword in the Stone. Eight, Finding Nemo. Nine, Black Hole as a bonus. And episode ten, Coco. Now on Tiny Dot shows, or at least on the review shows, we like to end with a question of the week. Dun da da da. If you had a black cauldron, what would you cook in it? What are, you, what are you making in your very own Black Cauldron? What comes out of the Black Cauldron? Uh, undead people. But <laughs> I'm talking just so people see great food. So, like, essentially, like, if I put, like, veal in there, little, little baby calves that have been tortured their whole lives will come out? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. In my Black Cauldron, I am making the world's largest portion of... French onion soup. Oh, I'm yeah. making French onion soup in oh, my cauldron. Oh, okay. All right. Cool. This is a good question. Yeah. Go Ashley, ahead. what are you making in your black cauldron? Uh, I would be making my grandma's recipe for chicken veggie soup. It's delicious, and I could definitely eat a whole black cauldron of that. Well, why don't you make it here without the black cauldron? Because I don't have the recipe. Get it. I'm trying. I'm trying. Oh, okay. Family be, recipe. Secret, secret. Yeah. You can think of something. No, Max, just go what me are you right. cooking? Oh, Mom, what are you cooking in your black cauldron? Shrimp scampi. Shrimp scampi. Ooh. You can make things that aren't soup. Well, yes. if you could possibly if you can make it, it in a cauldron. Yeah, which you could use that because you could boil the pasta and then... Oh, or maybe I'd make potato leek soup because I really like that a lot. I don't know, you guys. Max, Yeah. what are you oh, cooking in your black cauldron oh god i 
I can cut out any silence. So. All right, one second. I love all the birds. Mm-hmm. Um, they keep popping down. I'd make egg drop soup. Egg Ooh. drop soup. I Where's haven't it? had that in a while because the one place we order food from added meat and dumplings to it, so I can't order it anymore. But no. when we used to get it when it was vegetarian, I loved that stuff. So that's what we'd be making on our black cauldron. Mm-hmm. So well, next week, dad doesn't uh, onward, onward. So yeah, from all of us at Disney Rewind. Wait, thank what you. about Dad's black cauldron? He's gone. Hey, Dad. Where's Steve? Oh my God, he's disappeared. A bathroom, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> next week, <laughs> <laughs> we're watching onward. So, as always at Disney Rewind, we thank you for Did you listening. Say ass always? As always. Or as always. As I'm like my second beer in in a short period of time. I see. As always, thank you for listening to Disney Rewind, and remember that Be if kind you kind rewind. No, bake better movies. Ha, 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 ha.